Well, I have, to, I, have to, I have to respond to the Lord according to my own way of doing. Father, we love you. We give you honor and praise today. Great is your faithfulness. Lord, you are great. You're wonderful. You're amazing. You're powerful. I sense your presence, Lord God, in this place, even before I came up here, Lord God, that you are wanting to show your greatness and show your power to your people and let them know how much you are for them and how much you're on their side. Today, Lord, I pray that everything transpired here will be by the unction of the Holy Ghost and that the power of God will be manifested and that the will of God will be done in this place. Let none, Lord God, be exempt from the moving of your spirit from the touch of your hand but I pray today salvation I pray today deliverance I pray today Lord God a response in faith in the name of Jesus Christ Lord have your way and let your will be done pour out of your spirit upon this place Lord God that we all will be consumed by your power and that Lord this will not just be another time of coming together but there will be a transformation there will be impartation and the power of God will be revealed in this place. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing and we praise you, oh God, for there is none like you. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we ask and we pray in Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I try my best to minister to you what the Lord want and not what I want. To be quite honest with you today, I thought today I just need to come and talk to you about Thanksgiving. That's just me. It's just me trying to flow with the season and, and what we are engaged in. And so I figured let's talk about Thanksgiving. Um, but that's not what the Lord wanted me to talk about. I, I, I try to, 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 to move over to the scriptures where it talked about Thanksgiving. And every time I'm trying to get some thoughts about Thanksgiving, God allowed me to understand it, but he just wouldn't allow me to preach it. I said, okay, Lord, I'll do what you want. You know, it's not my shot. It's not my call. It's not, it's not my deal. It's your deal. So I will just preach this morning what you want me to preach. And so that's what I will try my best to do. Today I've entitled the, the, this message, Greater Things Are Coming. Somebody say, Greater Things Are Coming. Uh, you got to say it like you believe it. Greater Things Are Coming. Listen to me. Uh, there, there are some people already in here that can sense that greater things are coming, that greater things are happening, that, 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 that things are not status quo for you. You know there's a moving, there's a stirring that's happening in your presence, in your life, and you're wondering, you're trying to figure out what it is, but no need to figure out what it is. Just know that I am a child of God, and whatever is happening, I don't care how I perceive it, if I'm a child of God, whatever is happening in my midst. It's all good because God only have good thoughts towards me. God is preparing a place for me and so I'm just not worried about what's going on around me. I, things are just moving. There's a moving. There's a stirring. There's a there's a troubling of the, 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 the atmosphere all around me and so I know something is happening just like yesterday even in my situation. I said this is just not making sense to me but I'm telling you I feel a strong sense that the Bible says if God is for you who can be against you and so I feel a strong uh, perception of just that God is doing some things and I'll even take it a step further and tell you what God is doing your adversary is not happy about it and if he had his own way he will just break in and try to stop you he will just break in and try to snatch from you what God has given to you but I'm here to tell you this morning, uh, Satan, your adversary has no power over you. Uh, he can't destroy you. Uh, he cannot stop you. Uh, he would like to stop you, but he can't. Uh, and so he tries to trouble the water all around you, uh, knowing that God's hand is upon you, uh, knowing that God is doing something in your life. Uh, and he's trying his best to get you uh, to get so worried uh, and to get so fearful uh, 
that you begin to back away from God. But I'm here to tell you this morning, uh, God is for you. Uh, God's hand is upon you. Uh, God has chosen you. Uh, God has called you uh, to his kingdom for such a time as this. Uh, and I'm telling you, uh, come hell or high water, there is nothing Satan can do about it. He wants to stop you. Uh, he wants to hinder you. Uh, he wants to get you off track. But I'm telling you, uh, as sure as I know it, uh, God is doing something uh, in your life. Uh, God is doing something uh, in my life. Uh, God is doing something uh, in his church. I know it. I know it, Tony. I sense it. I'm living it every day. And I know that God is doing something. Somebody told me the other day they had, that they had a dream. And the dream was that, you know, uh, they saw me someplace and, and, and they were talking and walking with me. And there was a whole bunch of dogs that were just charging after me and that person. And the dogs would roll upon me. And when they got close to me, they just walked away. They came wanting to bite me. They came wanting to destroy me. But every time they come they're like, oh, and they just walked away. And every single one of those dogs uh, that came my way, uh, they came upon me and they couldn't touch me. Uh, I'm here to tell you, church, uh, there is something happening uh, in your life uh, and in my life uh, and in this church. Uh, and the devil is trying to touch us uh, but he can't touch us. Uh, God has built uh, a fence all around us. Uh, God has placed uh, his shield all around us. Uh, and if the devil is trying is best uh, to stop us. Uh, God is saying, uh, those are my people. Those have been called by my name. Uh, those have been blood bought uh, and blood washed. Uh, I went on the cross for them uh, and I called them uh, and God will not let anything happen to you. I sense it. I know it. The devil wants to do something. And even in your weak state, and even when you're weary at times, and you feel like you're going to fail God, God is going to give you the strength you need. God will protect you even in your weariness, even in your tiredness, even when you say, God, this is just not going the way that I want it. God will bear you up, and God will sustain you, even when you didn't pray, even when you couldn't do the right thing. God will keep you from doing the wrong thing. Your thoughts that came upon you, your situation that came to you, and God didn't allow you to do it, because God is for you, and God is on your side. There's something happening, Tony. There's something moving. And God is doing what he got to do, and you got to know it. You got to be confident about it. You got to stand on God's word and say, God, I trust you. There is no time like this present time to let God know how much you trust him. Oh, you have no idea how much God loves you and the things God is doing for you. You have no idea. I have no idea. But I have some inkling because I know who God is. And I know what I've seen him done. The Bible wants us to seek the things that are above. Seek the things that are above. Listen to me. If we do not experience death, somebody say death, we will not experience resurrection. If we can just understand God and just embrace the things of God, we will get so far down the road, it will be amazing. But our carnal way of thinking, our worldly views and our experiences just cloud us so often that we can't understand. I've read in the scripture where people were sick and the Bible says this sickness was unto the glory of God. But if we get sick, we said, oh man, God has forsaken me. When all I need to know is God is up to something. If I'm his and I'm sick and he's allowing it for a little bit, God is up to something. And so if I need to experience resurrection, I'm going to have to die. 
Death is the only way to experience resurrection. In actuality, that's both naturally and spiritually. It's the only way to experience resurrection. Listen, I believe many believers of Jesus Christ are disappointed in their Christian life because they're not experiencing what they expected to experience since they became believers of Christ. This has caused many to compromise the Christian life or just totally abandon it altogether. Can I tell you this? I'm going to sound like an old time preacher now. Stay in the church. Stay in the church. Old time preachers like to tell us that. And they, they're right for telling us that. But sometimes, you know, our minds go in different direction. But I'm telling you, not as an old time preacher, but I'm telling you because it's right. Stay in the church. Don't go out of the church. There is no other place to go when you leave the church. Stay in the church. Be a part of the church. Get involved with the church. It's very important. Because if you don't do that, you will not really experience the greater things that God has in store for you. And, and, and what's going to happen is we're going to find ourselves either compromising this Christian life or backing away. Because the things that we expected, we're not seeing them. I'm telling you, I know it like I know it. That a lot of people have compromised their lifestyle of Christianity. They've mixed it with things that they shouldn't, shouldn't have mixed it with. They're, they're doing things that they shouldn't do because things are not working the way they expected it to work. Things are not happening the way they expected it to happen. And I'm here just to tell you, it's not because God doesn't want it to happen. It's because there is a way to, to, to experience what God wants you to experience in Him. And the way to do that is just to die. Death is not bad. Somebody say, death is not bad. Yeah, he said that like, I don't know about that, preacher. <laughs> uh, the first thing I like to tell you anyway is, anybody read any scriptures about heaven? Yes? What we say? No more crying. No more sorrow. No more pain. God is there. So it's better than here, right? So why are we afraid to die? Why are we afraid to die if when we die and leave here, we're going in a place so much better, no comparison in goodness to here, but why are we afraid to die? Think about that. So we're experiencing all of these different thoughts and these experiences are not like we thought they would be. We, we never confess to this because we don't want anyone to know that that's what's going on with us. We want to come in to the church building and smile like everything is good. We don't want to say anything. We're saying, I'm serving God. I'm supposed to be experiencing some good things. And so we don't come in and saying that, man, the things that I expected is not happening. We don't, we don't come in and, and, and just be honest and just say, what is wrong? Because we don't want anybody to think that we're not living right. And then we don't want to complain to God because we don't want God to say, what's wrong with you? And so we just keep on going in this life of Christianity being disappointed. We keep on going and, 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 and not experiencing the things that we know we've read that God said we're supposed to experience, that the preacher preached that we're supposed to experience. And we're not experiencing and we're wondering, why, God, why? Hmm. You're following Christ, but it's just not happening. Can I just insert this a little bit? Everybody, Christ died for everybody, and everybody's supposed to follow Christ. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter what your background is, we're all supposed to follow Christ. But here is the story according to the Word of God. It's one thing to be following Christ, it's another thing to become a disciple of Christ. It's one thing to be following Christ. It's another thing to become a disciple of Christ. Peter, Matthew, 
all of the disciples, he called them and they followed him. But after a while of them following him, they started becoming disciples. They didn't stay followers of Christ. They became disciples eventually. And so me and you, we might have started following Christ. This, this, I like this because this is very important for you to know as a Christian. Can you be this way and follow Christ? Sure you can. Can you be that way and follow Christ? Yes, you can. We, we tend to think that only certain people. No, no, no. Everybody can follow Christ. However, the goal is to become a disciple of Christ. There are people that followed Christ and turned back. When you become a disciple of Christ, Christ had 12 disciples and he only lost one. Do the percentage with that. I think we did it before. And that's a low percentage. So of 12 men that he came and raised up, they started following him and he made them disciples. Only one lost his way. And so for us, it's not just good enough to follow Christ. And anybody, don't you reject anybody from following Christ. There's no lifestyle that's so messed up that we're saying you can't follow. No, we're all supposed to follow Christ. As a matter of fact, the only way your lifestyle can change is if you begin to follow Christ. And so we tend to think that you got to be a certain way to follow Christ. No, that's not right and proper teaching according to the Word of God. We follow after Christ in hopes that we will become disciples of Christ. That's important. My brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, in order for us to overcome disappointments after disappointments, the, 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 the trickling of blessings and the powerlessness of Christian life. The only way to overcome that is to die. Yes. Until we really die to all lifestyles outside of Christ, we will not enjoy the fullness this life in Christ offer us. Yes. I'm here to encourage you to be so much more than what you can even imagine for yourself. We're not a church that's supposed to be settling to just status quo. We're a church that God wants to use to do great things. To whom much is given, much is required. That challenge, that's probably my greatest challenge. Because I realize that I've been given a little bit of stuff in God. And what I know, the teachings that I've received and the training and the, uh, the, the, the groups that God has allowed me to be a part of, the people that God has put into my life mean I've been given a little bit. And that concerns me. And maybe you want to look in your life. This is why I can't criticize what anybody is doing or not doing. Because I don't know what God has given them, but I know what God has given me. And you need to know what God has given you. And what God has given you, he wants to see something result from it. And so we're not just here just as a status quo congregation. We can't mix the two lifestyles. What's the two lifestyles? Lifestyle outside of Christ and the lifestyle in Christ. Because we get disappointment, disappointed and don't experience what we thought we would experience. Because the blessings just seem to just trickle just a little bit. Because the power of God is not working in my life the way I want to see it work. I begin to compromise and I begin to mix the two lifestyles. A little bit of the lifestyle out of Christ and a little bit of lifestyle in Christ. And when you start to mix the two, it will bring about frustration. Frustration. We're going to have to make a decision and say, how do I die? And just really stay on the course, that straight and narrow, that one that one lifestyle that Christ has for me. How can I obtain it? How 
do I die to all the things outside of Christ? I'm living in the real world. How is that possible? Glad you ask. We die by repentance and baptism. I'll work, work it a little bit more. Repentance means that we turn from our own ways and we turn unto the ways of the Lord Jesus. For years, I think many Christians confuse repentance and confession. Confession is just confessing your sins or confessing your fault to your brother or sister or confessing your sins to Jesus. That's not repentance. Confession is not repentance. I can confess that I just didn't do a good job cleaning the church. That's just me confessing my fault. I can go to God and confess and say, God, I misguided somebody. That is confession. But what are you going to do about what you know you have done wrong is repentance. So I know I did wrong. I know I didn't do right. Okay, that's good. That's good. Now what are you going to do now that you know you didn't do right? And that's repentance if you turn from it. That's repentance. And I think for years, many people will be in church and say, oh, Father, forgive me for I've sinned. All you're saying is, I'm confessing to my wrong. That's all you're really saying when you say, forgive me. You're saying, I know I've done wrong. But what's going to happen after that? You might go back and do the same thing over again. And you keep coming back, forgive me. Because you never really repented. All you did was confess it. Repentance is making a decision to say that right there, going in that direction, doing that same thing, I am done. I am not going down that road again. I'm going down this road. That's repentance. And so that's what we're dealing with, why we're not experiencing the flow of the power of God. Why we're not experiencing the things that God has promised that we will experience. That's why we're not experiencing the fullness of what God has in store for us because we're confessing our wrongs but we're not repenting of them and only through repentance. Repentance is how you die. That's how you said this life that I live, I no longer live but I want to live the life that Christ has in store for me. You can only get that life through repentance, not confession. Why does God have me preaching this kind of stuff on the Sunday after Thanksgiving? Romans chapter 6 verse 3 says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, We are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness. Until you die, you can't rise. That's what this is all about. Until you die, you can't rise. We want to raise up and live this glorious life. We want to experience this glory. And trust me, God is wanting to give you this. Don't, don't you get this twisted wrong in any way that I'm saying today. God wants to give you this glorious life. God wants to give you this greater life. God wants to give you this life that is just so amazing and so fulfilled and so powerful. He wants to give that to you. It is His will that His children walk in His authority and in His power. And in his glory, that is what his desire is for his children. So don't you mistake what I'm telling you today. God wants this for you. But the thing about God that we might think is complicated is this. Because we don't understand this part. No matter how much God loves us, he can't break his law for us. That's the complicated I say complicated because that's what we don't get with God. We somehow think because he loves us so much 
that he's going to compromise a little bit. He's going to kind of bend a little bit. You know what his bending is? His mercy. That, that's, that's, that's what his bending is. His mercy. Giving you a little bit more time. Giving you what you don't deserve. But sooner or later, he's letting you know you got to get back on the right track. Because I can't do what needs to be done unless you do what you're supposed to do. Now, I'll be gracious to you. I'll be merciful to you. And I love you, but I can't break my ways. You have to do it my way. And that's what's challenging about God for us. Because somehow we're thinking that, and we operate this way. God loves us so much that he'll do this and he'll do that. Because that's how we do. It's okay. That's how we do. We're not God. You know, sometimes we, we, we let our children talk us into stuff that we shouldn't let them talk us into. Oh. I know Maddie Talker, mom, and everything. I, I was I was at the back door just kind of reviewing my stuff, and I heard her talking. I didn't know what she was saying, but it just sounded like she was trying to convince her mom of something. And I just think she'd do a whole lot of that, huh, E? She know how to work the angles? You too, E. Yeah, you too. Both her children know how to work her angles, and she, she, she tried to be tough, but I think they know how to work the angle. But the point is, that's us. That's all of us. If you're a decent parent, your children going to work the angles, and they're going to get by sometimes. It's not the same with God. He loves us. And he's going to let us experience all this stuff. But when it comes down to his word, he can't change. That's one of the differences between God and us. We will change our word for our children. God can't change his word for us. That's the tough thing about God. And that's why it's so hard sometimes. Because we are kind of responding to God of on how we are, we are as a people. We know we will just bend a little bit. Oh, okay. I know I said this, but all right, I'm changing my mind. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. God can't change. And so that's the struggle. When we repent and we're baptized, we will then be raised up in the newness of life. That new life that Christ has in store for us. Greater things are coming. I'm just taking you how taking you through how we get to the greater things. Because we want greatness. And like most athletes, they always tell you the great ones, the Kobe Bryants, the Michael Jordans, uh, the Tom Brady's of the world. <laughs> uh, we can keep on going. Great athletes, check this out. Most athletes to go to get into the professional realm, whether it be soccer player, football player, basketball player, whatever it is, baseball player, in order to get to the professional rank, all those professionals are all, you know, Daryl, they're all incredibly talented. All of them. There's no weak link. When you get to the pros, you are all just amazing. The best ever when you're at the top of your game. But what makes the best ever become the greatest ever? And I'm sure if I give Daryl the mic, he'll tell you why. It's the one that worked the hardest who become the greatest. Has nothing to do with skills at that point. Because at that point, for you to make the pros, you had to be one of the very best. You were the best in your community. You were the best in your state. You were the one of the tops in the country at the time. All of that stuff. And when you get to the pros, in order for you to become the greatest ever, it meant you outworked everybody else. Not because you out-talented everybody. You become the very best by the work that you put in. And so for us as Christians, in order to obtain what God has for us, we're going to have to go the extra mile. We're going to have to do a little bit more. We're going to have to go where God wants us to go. It, it's not about putting in work, but it's about making a deeper commitment. It's about going a little deeper in our consecration and dedication to God because we want to experience the things that God has promised us. We don't realize sometimes, I thank God for the beginning of my walk in Christ because I was able to go in a place of depth in God where I knew I experienced some things that was just just wonderful and supernatural. And so if I find myself at a place where I'm not experiencing certain things, I know right away because of where I've gone. 
Can I tell you why I'm telling you that? Some of you are going to have to go deep, deep to experience what God wants and has for you. So when you slack up just by just, you know, not paying attention or just getting busy, you will know I'm slacking up because where I've gone, I know some depths of God. And so I need to go back there because it's not working out for me. And so it's 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 it's, a, it's important that you get there because some of us have only just. Tread shallow waters. And we don't really understand that depth. So what I'm telling you probably even sound foreign to you. What is he talking about? I'm doing pretty good, ain't I? Go to church. I love the Lord. What is he talking about deeper? God's going to bless me and take care of me. And you're thinking like that because shallow waters is where you've gone for a long time. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just telling you, you have gone shallow water for, for since you've known yourself. And not until you go and step in the deep and start walking out in the deep and the water start coming up to your waistline and the water start coming up to your neck and then it covers you and then you starting to learn your way in the deep. That's when you know you've been someplace. So when things are challenging, you look back and say, why did challenge? Is it because I've gone back into the shallow waters or is it because I'm not doing what I'm supposed to? What is it? But you will have something to draw from to know where you need to go back to. And some of us don't have that. And so I'm trying to let you understand today where you are so you will know how to obtain what God has for you. It's important to understand that God has greater things for you. I'm telling you, I sense it so much. I, 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 when you sense what God wants to do, you have to work hard not to become impatient. It's like now, almost kind of like, Raise my voice on the Lord. Lord, what are you going to do about the building? I'm just like, man, God, don't get me there. Don't get me there. Don't get me there. I know he's doing what he's doing, but my goodness, I can taste it. I can taste that church building where we will have it open uh, just at all times where we can go in and pray whenever we want. A sanctuary, that's just a sanctuary. A place big enough that when we have, we want to have what we call family and friends service, that when everybody invite their family and friends and they can hear the gospel preach under one place and it's not where are we going to fit them. And all these things I'm thinking about, I almost, I said, oh, sorry, Lord. Sorry, you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. My bad. But when you can taste what God is up to, when you can feel and sense that God is doing something great, you just can't wait. But guess what? We just have to wait and just keep on trusting God. Greater things are coming. I just know it. And so we can't mix the lifestyle. Now, I told you about repentance. I'm going to be done. I guarantee I'll be done by 1215. And so when we talk about abandonment of lifestyle, listen to this. We know we need to repent and we need to be baptized. That's how we die. But some of us have repented and got baptized, but somehow we're still not experiencing it because we kind of, as I said, we did electric slide backwards. And so now we have to figure out what's wrong. Every time we abandon this new life in Christ, we go back to the old. So you might have been baptized. You might have repented and get baptized and started walking in this new life. But somehow, somewhere along the line, you could have backed up. Every time you back up in this new life, you have to go back and die all over again. This is why in 1 Corinthians 15, 31, the Apostle Paul says, I die daily. Because he realized he has to make sure in order to experience what God has for him, he has to die to that lifestyle outside of Christ. And every time he sensed that he's 
that old lifestyle is trying to creep back up on him and grab a hold of him. He says, I got to die again. And you know what that death means? Lord, I just told a lie and I realized that's the old lifestyle. I'm confessing that sin, but I'm also telling you, I'm looking squarely at that lie and says, lie no longer. I'm not going down that road. I'm not coming down that way. I am going the other way. I am going to the place where Jesus want me to. No longer I'm going down this way of ungodliness and sinfulness. I'm not trying to be better than nobody else. I just know the only way I'm going to experience the greatest things that God has for me. I have to die to this old lifestyle and I have to walk in the newness of life. There's no other way. If I'm going to experience it, there's no other way. I have to die to an old lifestyle. We talked about this last week. Listen, our identity is very difficult for us to give up so we can take on a new identity. The rich young ruler, there was a lot of things about him why he walked away sorrowful and didn't do what Jesus told him to do. One of the things was his identity. Listen, I can identify with the best of them about carrying yourself a certain way and having a certain aura about you. I can identify with the best of them. So if you're one of those people, there's nothing wrong with that. I was one of those people. When I came to church, I'm a certain way. I behave a certain way. I carry myself a certain way. You got to know who I am a certain way. And that's who I am. And so that identity prevented me from receiving the Holy Ghost for months and months and months. I've told you before. I came into church. I just wanted to maintain that certain aura about me. And so when they called for altar call, I didn't go. Because I'm not going up there and cry with all the other people that's crying. Man, you're crazy. I'm cool cuz. Don't you know who I am? And so I've just stayed in the back. Mm-mm. I came. Yo, how you doing, man? Yeah, okay. I'm cool. I just did it a certain way. Because my identity in the streets, it was a certain way. I had my nickname that they called me by. They know who I was. As a matter of fact, I had two nicknames. One of my nicknames was Pierre. <laughs> y'all, they never knew that. I don't know if y'all knew that. Pierre. You know what they call me, Pierre? My boy Butter called me Pierre. Because I thought I was the French dude. You know, I was one of the ones that got dressed sharp. With no socks. Y'all still do that? Y'all, I, I created that no socks stuff. No socks and just my nice shoes. I created that. Y'all don't know nothing about that. I told y'all I was the one that wore Hawaiian suit with ballets. Y'all ain't know nothing about it. I invented some of these things. So I had a certain aura about me when I came to church. And so now you try to tell me, now that you got to live for God, you got to look different, got to act different. That was hard for me. And so... It took me probably eight months before I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Not because God would already give it to me, but because I was Pierre. <laughs> David Phillips know my other name. I ain't going to say that name here. But I'm just saying, when you got a certain reputation, that's a certain reputation. So you come to church and you're still trying to hold on to your reputation and still be in church. And I realize, as long as I'm holding on to that reputation that I had when I came into church, I could never be what God wanted me to be. I realized that after a while, I'm like, ah, there is no way to do this. Either you're going to be one or the other. And I realized that I had no choice. Either I'm going to be one or the other. And so I had to let go, obviously, of the old lifestyle and take this this identity on. So now people that talk about me now in the streets, all they can say now, yeah, you know, so-and-so come by my nickname. Yeah, man, he a preacher now. Because that's my identity, you know. <laughs> now, little did I know that's what the identity was going to be. I just knew I had to let go of the old one, and I didn't want to let go of it. So now I'm sure when my boys talk about me, he a preacher now. That's the identity now. I'm telling you that to, t- to say this. It's challenging sometimes to die to the things that you need to die to because you're worried about your identity, who you are, who people perceive you to be, and you're trying to uphold that. Y'all know who I am. That's a tough one. But if the preacher can do it, you can do it. 
the Apostle Paul said, I die daily. The scripture text says, if, if is a conditional clause. Thank you, teacher. Teacher said it. Student did good. He knows what he's talking about. It's a conditional clause. And so sometimes we want to think that things are just going to happen a certain. No, if is where it starts. If is the conditional clause. It's not enough to just die. We must be risen with Christ. So he says, if we be risen with Christ. You know why it says, if we be risen with Christ? Because we have to die to be risen. So the text starts out says, since we've been risen. That's, that was to the, the church at Colossae. Since you have been risen. It meant that they died. And so if you're going to be risen, you have to die. Die to all the things about you that's about you. Uh-huh. I can say that. Because I did that. Yeah. You got to die. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. We have to die to be risen with Christ. Ask yourself, have I died or am I willing or am I living outside of Christ? Did you die to the old lifestyle or you're still living in that old lifestyle? Ask yourself, if we have died then are we resurrected with Christ, which means we now live a life after Christ or a life in Christ. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Why? We know the scriptures, but we are not holding on and living them. If any man be in Christ... Mankind, humankind, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You are new when you have died and rose. You are a new creature when you died to your old lifestyle and are now resurrected. You are a new creature. And it says all things are passed away and behold, all things are become new. And we got to stick to that word, new, because you don't really know all the things that God has promised you, all the things that God has in store for you. They are new to you. And so you just need to just sit back and do what God says. So all the things that God has in store for you, they will overtake you. New, new, brand new. Forget about the old lifestyle. I told y'all I appreciate teaching Bible studies because... My Bible study student asked me last week, now that I'm trying to live for Christ, can I still listen to my dance hall music? I thought that was really good. I said, well, I no longer listen to my dance hall music. And like I like to tell people, I know Brother Phillips probably can let me know about this, but I still believe that I, I lived in the best era of dance hall music. Because I think what y'all got right now, don't compare. Don't compare. Don't compare. So if I can walk away from it when it was at, at the uh, uh, when it was uh, man. As I told them, some of y'all don't know, but I, but, but I told some of them people, I said, some of my good Jamaican brothers and sisters, I said, listen, every year on, on Boxing Day, I was at Sting. Every year I touched the island, I was at Sting. And at Sting, the latest and the baddest DJ was Bust from Sting. And I was, I knew it. I brought up all the cassettes from Sting. I, I, man. I'm just trying to tell you where God has brought me from. Because y'all just think that, oh, all of a sudden, somehow, you know, I don't know, the genie just happened and I just became this. Are you kidding me? Man, I was so consumed by this world. You have no idea. Oh, I'm still trying to look at God like, you crazy. How did this work? Because I don't know how this worked. Because I was bringing up the latest thing, cassettes, and I was selling them. I used to, man, I used to buy them down in Jamaica for $300. When I came back to the States, man, everybody was ringing my doorbell when I came up. They knew I just came back, and they knew I had all the latest. So I know what they listening to, garbage. Garbage. The real people, they old now. I asked Brother Henry the other day, I said, what happened to Major Mackerel? 
He said, man, he, he had dread now. I said, yeah, I know. I'm just saying, though. It, it just, I still think about some of them things, and I pray about certain things now, man. But you become new. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The risen life with Christ, when we are risen with Christ, the things we used to be satisfied by should no longer satisfy us. Earthly things no longer give us the same pleasure it used to give us. If you're still being satisfied by the things of the old, you still have not died. If if, if you're still getting pleasure from the things of old, you probably still didn't die. Oh, we got to trust God and realize that we got to die so we can rise and experience this new life. Greater things are coming. When we are resurrected, we must live a resurrected life, not an earthward life. When we live the risen life, there will be, there we will experience the power of God. You want to experience the power of God? Just do what God says, die. And he will raise you up. And that power that you read about in the Bible or you heard about, you yourself, not the preacher, you yourself will experience the power of God in your life. You will begin to get so bold and you'll begin, begin, begin to just begin to call those things that are not as though they were because you know where you are. You know who you are and you'll begin to say things and begin to call out things and you'll begin to experience the power of God working in your life. And so if we have been risen with Christ, the only way to be fulfilled, the only way to grow, the only way to experience joy is to seek those things that are above. That word seek is to be about, is to desire or to inquire those things that are above. The reason why we have not been seeking the things that are above is because we never really died and rose up. Because when you die and you raise up, you have no choice but to look up. You can't look at When you die and you raise, the things around you can't do nothing with you because you're from heaven. You're heavenly. And the only things that can take care of you and satisfy you is the things that are heavenly. Seek those things which are above. And so if we're going to make it, what are some of the things that are above? The almighty God, Jesus Christ, sitting on the throne. What is above? Our eternal home, heaven. What is above those treasures that the Bible says we store up while we're here? What else is above? Your crown. The crown of life that is yours with your name written on it. Those are all things that are above. The things that you have and God has for you that is stored up, they're waiting for you. But in order to claim them, you got to die and be resurrected and live in the newness of life. Will you stand? Hallelujah. We got to walk in that new life. It's not easy. I didn't tell you it was easy. I hope I communicated that clearly. I never said it. it it's easy, but it, it's possible. And God wants to do something in all of our lives. There are greater things that is coming. Greater things are happening. But we need to make sure we die to our old lifestyle, that lifestyle outside of Christ. And so just for a minute, all I'm going to ask you to do is you have, I've, I've told you how to die. Repentance is dying. So when you decide to turn from the lifestyle, you know all the things that you do wrong. You know the lifestyle that you live. You know for the most part you do good, but you have a couple areas that you know not doing good in this area. Those are the things you need to bring before the Lord this morning and say, listen, Lord, you know them. I know them. And I can't pretend like it's okay when it's not okay. And I'm, I need your help. I need your strength so I can turn from those things because I want to experience the newness of life that you have in store for me. I want to experience resurrection. Direction. I want to experience the power of God. I want to experience the fullness that you have prepared for me. I don't want trinkets, trink, trinkets of blessing. I don't want just a little bit here and a little bit there. I want to walk in that all-powerful and all-consuming blessings that you have for me. We got to go before God like that. And some of us that's been in the shallow waters, that's what we need to take to God. God, 
I've been going to church, but I've been kind of walking in shallow waters. And that's not your intent for my life. I need to go deep. I need to walk out into the deep. I need to let that water come up over my head because I know you got my back. That's some of the things we need to take to God. We need to say those things to God. So just for a couple of minutes, I need you, whatever you want to come to the altar, stay where you are, to go to God and die to the things that have held you captive and that have that have robbed you of that new life that God has in store for you. Because in order to resurrect to that new life, you're going to have to die to that lifestyle that's holding you hostage and that lifestyle trust me you like it you heard me just talking about what i like you like that old lifestyle don't you don't have to feel bad about that that's just natural that we have this lifestyle that we like but we got to recognize that's not the life that god wants for me that's all it is just know it you know the biggest thing that we got to realize with god is god is not mad at you when ill thinking come in your mind because you don't always put those thoughts there. God is not mad at you when just, just immoral and ungodly stuff come to you. He's not mad at you for that. Your experiences in life and, and, and the devil can put those things in your mind. But you, when you decide, God, I don't want that in my mind. That's now when you give God an opportunity to work in your life. When you acknowledge that thought, God, I don't like that. That, 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 that situation, I don't like that. And you give God the opportunity to come in your life and move. So why don't you give God the opportunity to come into your life and move today by dying? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Apostle Paul says he dies daily. And so who am I to not realize I need to die? <laughs> I need to die even this very moment. And so God, I come before you this afternoon in your precious, precious name of Jesus Christ. And oh my God. Those things that I still struggle with within my thinking, Lord God. Though the old lifestyle, Lord God, that tries to grab me when I'm walking away from it, when I've walked away from it. Oh God, those, those things, Lord Jesus, that are ungodly, Lord Jesus, that I allowed myself to be a part of, Lord. Those things, Lord God, that we have to struggle with all the days of our life until we're raptured, Lord. Those are the things, Lord God, I bring before you today. And God, I confess them to you today. And oh my God, I'm dying to them, Lord. I die to every, oh God, behavior and every thought that is not pleasing to you. Every behavior and every thought, Lord God, that is outside of you. I die to them, Lord God. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, that you take them out of my heart. That you take them out of my mind. That you take them out of my spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. For Lord, I want to be resurrected. And I want to walk in the newness of life. Experiencing, Lord God, the things that are far above. The things that are heavenly. Experiencing, Lord God, great relationship with you. Great communion with you. That's what I want to experience, Lord God. I want to experience that new life, Lord God. That life, Lord God. Oh, Father, where I will walk in the power and the authority of God. That new life, Almighty God where I will call those things that are not as though they were. That new life, Lord God, where I can stand in the gap for my brother or for my sister. And when I pray, I know surely it is done because of my favor that I have with you. Just like Abraham was able, Lord God, to negotiate with you. I want that kind of relationship, Lord, where I can negotiate with you, where I can talk with you, where I can make deals with you. Abraham was able to do it. And God, you have no respect of persons. If you're doing it for Abraham, you can do it for me. Will you show me the way that I must go? Will you show me the way that I must take? That I will have that kind of relationship, Lord God, with you. I'm able, Lord God, to walk in that new life that you have in store for me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray today that the power of God will overshadow me and the glory of the Lord will come upon me. I will not share your glory for no man should share your glory but the glory which is the manifested word the manifested power of God today Lord Jesus I pray for this congregation that Lord Jesus you will have your way in their life that Lord Jesus you will guide 
them and you will lead them in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray new life, new life, new life, new life, and there will be a death and there will be a resurrection and there will be a new life as we wait on our ascension up to heaven, Lord. That great day is coming, Lord God, where we will ascend to meet you. And so, God, we will die to our own lifestyle that you may raise us up, that you may resurrect us, and that we may walk in that new life. I pray for new life in the name of Jesus. New life in the name of Jesus. New life, Lord God. New life, Lord God. Open up that life, Lord God. Open up that understanding that there will be death, that there will be resurrection, Lord God. Strip of Lord Jesus from those things, Lord God, that are frivolous, those things, Lord God, that will one day pass away. You said heaven and earth shall pass away, but your word shall not pass away. Strip us from the things, Lord God, that are not according to your will, that one day will no longer be in existence, that we can walk in that newness of life in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. God is going to cause you to see like you've never seen your perception of things and how things are. God is going to show you the reality of them. God is going to show you the reality of things. The things that God will show you, it will be just as they are. Not the way you may perceive, not the way others may perceive, but the way God showed them to you. That's what they are. That's what they are. And God wants you to trust them and follow after Him and do what He shows you. God is going to show you some things and He wants you to do what He shows you. He is going to show you. He is going to lead you. He is going to guide you. He says, trust me, my daughter. He says, follow me. He says, follow me. I will transform your life. I will take you from following me to becoming my disciple. Will you follow me? The Holy Ghost is telling me there's so many lives. There's so many lives that God will allow you to touch. He says, if you will follow him, if you will completely surrender to him, if you will see the way he wants you to see, he's going to allow you to touch lives. Many people will come to know Christ because of you. Many people will come to know Christ because of you. He said, I have kept you and I have undergirded you and strengthened you because I have called you and chosen you for this moment. And so now with all that I've kept you from and through, now I will use you mightily and miraculously. There are lives that you're going to speak into. There are people you're going to touch in a special way. I'm going to use you. I'm going to cause you to say words you have never understood. Words that you know not of. I, your God, will do it. Will you trust me today and follow after me in the name of Jesus. 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 Father, I pray your blessings. I pray, Almighty God, that there will be understanding and revelation. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord God, that your thoughts will become her thoughts, Lord God. That, Lord God, you will take her thoughts and exchange them for your thoughts, Lord God. Let her see and understand your ways, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, Almighty God, that she will die to her ways, Lord God, and that you will raise her up to the newness of life. And that, oh my God, she will walk and operate in the newness of life. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord God, that you will bless her. I pray that you will seek those things that are far above, those things, oh God, that are heavenly bound. Oh God, that her affection will be, oh God, to you and to the things of the heavenly realm, Lord God. In the name of Jesus Christ, order her steps and order her thoughts. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. 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 In the
of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, wisdom, Lord, knowledge, Lord, understanding, Lord, in the name of Jesus, cause her to walk in the newness of life and by the power of God, in the name of Jesus, oh God, raise up a standard in her life like she's never had, and I pray that the power of the Holy Ghost will move you to a new dimension in Jesus' name, 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 in Jesus' name. Oh God, let your beautiful princess, Lord God, be guided by you. I pray faith will operate in her life. And I pray that she will pray the prayers of faith and trust you like she's never trusted you. Lord, do something wonderful and special in her life. Oh God, let her hear your voice, Lord God. Let her hear your voice. Let her hear your voice in the name of Jesus Christ. Lead her in the path of righteousness for your name's sake, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray faith. Hallelujah. I release faith upon you. Oh God, God. Gird her up with you, Lord God. Gird her up with the knowledge of God. Gird her up with truth, Lord God. I pray God's peace upon you. I pray the joy of the Lord upon you. In the name of Jesus Christ, that you'll experience the joy of the Lord like you've never experienced. And the peace of God that passes all understanding to be upon you. And that you'll walk by faith and not by sight. And that you will trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him that he may direct your path. Father, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you're doing. Oh God, we thank you for what you're doing. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, oh God. Let there be a renewing. Let there be a renewing. Strengthening. Oh God, new life. New life. New life. Receive your new life. Walk in the newness of life. Walk in the newness of life. Lord, give him the strength. Give him the strength, Lord. He can't do it on his own, Lord God. Give him the strength. Give him the support system. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today.